Welcome to Don't Do Disney Without Us. My name is Daniel. And my name is Zach. And welcome back to our show. This is a show we like to talk about all things in the Disneyverse, be that the movies, the theme parks, the streaming services, pretty much everything except the sports. We're not not really big sports fans. Uh, although I did sign up for a run Disney thing, so maybe, maybe in the future we'll have, you know, sports adjacent kind of things. But that's not important right now. What is important is that uh, it's it's a great show where we like to talk about all things Disney. And you know what? Today, we have a very special guest. We have Dirk Libby joining us. Uh, Dirk writes for... Cinema, Cinema Blend. Blend. Cinema yes. Blend. See, it was right on the tip of my tongue there. Should have been more prepared, but yeah, Dirk writes for Cinema Blend. You you cover the theme park beat over there, correct? Yes, I do. Excellent. Uh, so we will be talking to him about that uh, here today. So yeah, there you go. That, I was just waiting for the theme song to end, and now, now it's ended, <laughs> and now we go on. Uh, anyway, hi, how are you, Dirk? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I am excellent. Uh, this is odd for us. We usually record in the evening time, so there's this this uncontrolled wall of light over here. <laughs> hitting me i think uh, that's called the sun yeah I've, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it uh but it, it's it's in here and, and we'll see how that works um so you work for a a news outlet right cinema blend Indeed. is a news outlet first of all help me understand this uh because i am but a simpleton on the internet when i see uh, one of the 650 news stories about disney on google news uh, some of them come from just like blogs, right? Like uh, Inside the Magic, WDWNT kind of, uh, even Disney Food Blog. None of these is, is like original type reporting. It's more just like repeating press releases kind of a thing, right? Uh, well, I mean, I, I I honestly feel, I mean, that kind of there is uh, the line between what is a blog and what is a, a news site is, is a little flexible. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there are some... Depending on where you look, you will you will occasionally see Cinema Blend referred to as a blog. Okay. Um, I mean, and it was ultimately, I mean, years before I came on board, it was started by, uh, you know, just a guy who started writing about movies on mm -hmm. the internet. Um, and it, you know, we've just grown to a point where I think uh, Cinema Blend gets, you know opportunities primarily in the movie and TV space, because that's where the focus has always been um, to, you know, get, you know, get invited to the press junkets and the media opportunities and interview the stars. Um, and so, I mean, ultimately I think we've just cinema blend has reached a level of, of audience that uh, studios take notice, take notice of us and make sure that we are, you know, included in all of these things. Okay. Um, and so that's just kind of where we're at. So when you write a story about theme parks, is it something that you're assigned? Is it something that you get to decide, you know, I, I think I see that this is trending and I want to go and investigate this, or is it just come from press releases and, you know, press events and stuff like that? Like how, how do you decide what it is you're going to write about? Uh, about, um, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm in Northern California, so I'm not actually next to any of the major theme parks. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm not in them every single day, the way some of the sites out there are. Um, so what I usually do on a normal day is I'm checking those other sites to see what, 
information is out there or or checking to see if you know disney sends me a press release on something and then usually what happens is uh you know i i have editors that i have to run everything by and so it's usually a case of hey i'd like to write about this um and and then they look at it and they kind of go you know they'll you know help me find the right angle for it or look at it and go i don't think anybody cares don't write that or (laughs) (laughs) um or you know or whatever um you know i the theme park side specifically because i'm i am sort of the guy in charge of it i'm Mm -hmm. sort of the only guy technically in it um i do have a bit more freedom to kind of write what i want um but, you know, so it's it's usually a case of, hey, I'm going to write about this. And an editor looks at it and goes, OK, fine. OK. <laughs> um, you know, some of our some of our folks within within the cinema blend are theme park geeks like me and others are not. Um, so I usually try to run, uh, by, you know, run stuff through like uh, uh, Jessica Rodden, our managing director, one of our managing directors is a theme park person. So if I want to get a, the a second opinion from somebody who knows what I'm talking about. I will try to run things through her. Uh, and she's like, she likes theme parks, but she's not sort of super into them. So she has sort of the, the kind of more public layman perspective on theme parks. Mm-hmm. And so like my super nerd and her sort of more general audience come together and find like the right way to tackle a story that, that will, you know, actually interest people because sometimes the super nerds will find my story and it'll do really well. But generally speaking, if I want a story to get a lot of attention, it's got to be more sort of general audience. Folk. Now that that's interesting because I would assume as a layman reading headlines that the things that do well are the things that in some way are negative. I, I feel like uh, there's way more engagement. Like when I'm just looking at my YouTube suggestions, cause I watch a lot of theme park, YouTube channels, uh, things that YouTube surfaces up to me all tend to be, you know, Disney is failing or Disney, you know, sucks or universal is the greatest ever or universal is bad. You know, it's like, it it always seems like there's a, 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 the more negative spin there is on it. You know, it's like an an adage. What's the old adage? If it it bleeds, it leads kind of a thing. So is that true? Like, do you find that when you write a, an article that's critical of something, it gets more engagement than an article that is, uh, you know, positive towards something? Oh, generally speaking, that is unfortunately absolutely true. Now, now <laughs> you would be in the unique position to know something that I couldn't know. Uh, I can obviously see on negative videos and whatnot that there's way more engagement as far as comments go, right? That like this, this negative video has had, you know, 6,000 views and it's had, uh, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of comments. Uh, but what I don't know is whether that negative one actually gets more views, right. If they're not showing their views, right. So I, I, so you would know analytically there on your site, do positive articles do just as well readership wise. And it's just that people just don't have anything to add to those. Or is it, you know, is it, is it a perception that the negative things are doing better or is it in reality that negative things get read more? Um, I, I mean, yeah, no, I, 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 get, I see what you're saying. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I think, you know, I'd have to go back and look at actual numbers to really compare. But I, I mean, my generally speaking, yeah, like the negative stuff does tend to get looked at more, okay. um, which is kind of a bummer for me because that's not the stuff I like writing. Yeah. Um, you know, there is other stuff like and I'm trying to start to do more of it 
these days, uh, I used to do more months ago, is just sort of writing like kind of just general informational stuff, you know, mm -hmm. kind of if the history of this park or this ride or that kind of thing. And, and that stuff can do really well. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I haven't quite figured out the special sauce on those sorts of stories. But when it comes to like general news, yeah, I mean, the, the negative stuff tends to get at least initially more engagement. I think what tends to happen with that stuff is like, you know, when those stories blow up, they blow up fast and then they die. Yeah. Um, the, the other stuff can do well over a longer period of time, not necessarily always, but it can occasionally, uh, you know, if it's something that might engage people over, over days and weeks, right. uh, it, it can eventually get to us kind of, you know, a successful point, uh, but it tends to take longer. So what do you, what do you find your breakdown is, uh, between the, the theme parks? So obviously there's major theme parks like Universal and Disney, but then there's also, you know, smaller theme parks out there, SeaWorld, uh, Busch Gardens, uh, one of my Six Flags, uh, you know, Dollywood, Dollywood, uh, what, what is your, you know, just, I'm not looking for an exact number here, but like, do you, do you mainly write about the big ones and just a little bit of small ones or, or, or more? Yeah. At this point, at this point, it's, it's, you know, between Disney and universal, that's almost all of it. Okay. Um, I, I try to write about the other, the other parks when, when, you know, I find an opportunity and I will say that I have noticed that, that those stories can do well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, that's actually kind of my, uh, my, my goal for myself with the theme park section over the next however long is to kind of grow that side of it and and also you know get and get noticed as a media person by those parks because um, like you know Dollywood doesn't send me press releases yet I'm trying to find the right person to poke and be like hey, it's Dolly it's just Dolly yeah just, just, yeah just send, send Dolly send an email. a tweet to Dolly Parton and be like hi I'd like on your media list please <laughs> yes, please please send me your press releases yeah. um so yeah so I could be I do you know I do I do what I do write about the other parks occasionally and it does occasionally do well um so I, I do want to grow that so that I give those guys a, a bit more kind of airtime because I think you know most of them are worth it like you know places like Dollywood or Hershey Park they are technically speaking, regional parks, mm -hmm. but they have a national kind of audience, you know, you, yeah. you don't have to be in Tennessee, be interested in what's going on at Dollywood. Yeah. I would um, say, what's that big coaster park in Sandusky Kings Point? Is that, uh, that one's Dominion? Kings what's the, uh, yeah. Kings Dominion, Cedar, yeah. Cedar Point. Cedar Point is, is that, uh, you know, if you're a coaster fan, you know, you, you, yeah. even though that is a hyper local regional park, right. It was like, if you're a coaster fan, you know of that. Right. Um, right. Kind of yeah. Like yeah. Cedar point, you know, Cedar point and, you know, and Cedar fair company stories in general tend to do well. Um, as I've noticed, I mean, like when, when, when Cedar fair and SeaWorld were almost, we were in talks to, you know, merge at one point, like I, you know, I wrote about that just as sort of a, this is interesting news. I was a little bit surprised to see like that story did kind of well. I was like, Oh, okay. People are into this stuff. They care, which, I mean, that's how I got into the theme park beat in general. Um, I mean, when I got hired at cinema blend, I was writing about movies and TV, but I was a theme park person and, you know, we would occasionally write theme park stories when it had a connection to 
the movie. So like when the when Galaxy's Edge was just getting underway and like all we had were rumors about it, I'd write that story because, hey, if you're a Star Wars fan, you might be interested in what is happening with Star Wars at this theme park. Absolutely. Um, and that so those were the stories that I started writing and uh, and. You know, and we noticed there was an audience for it. And then we kind of tried a couple of test stories. Uh, I remember it was the the Disneyland hotel that didn't happen. You guys remember a few years ago, there was going to be a fourth hotel yeah. that they were going to build. And then they like had a whole, some... Like a whole new entrance and a new hotel. And yeah, like they the were going to... Like, like they, you know, they cleared out, you know, a big section of downtown Disney because they were going to build this hotel. Yeah, and then Anaheim and then, said no yeah. or something. Yeah, they yeah. ended up... Because they ended up... I guess I think they ended up moving the, where the hotel was going to be. Yeah. And when they did that, they lost their tax breaks. And when they lost their tax breaks, they went, fine, we'll just not build it. Right. And Which, so I wrote about this hotel that, you know, ended up not happening, you know. And... People read the story and it was like, okay, well, hey, if there's an audience for it, keep doing it. And that eventually led to theme parks becoming its own section on the site. Now, do you get invited to these uh, theme park press events? Uh, I do, um, generally. Um, we're, we're, I think we've gotten to a point now where Disney and Universal on both coasts mm -hmm. uh, keep, you know, keep us in mind and, and generally invite us to stuff. So, you know, all I see from it are the videos, right? Uh, you know, I, I'll read the stories of people saying the same things that happen on the videos. So these big press events that happen, what, what are they like? What, what is the, uh, what is the, the thing they, do they fly you out there and put you up and, uh, you know, usher you through all these things or is it more, uh, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll put you up out here. For how to, you fly out here, we'll put you up in a hotel and then we'll have some people available to answer questions. Like what, what level of involvement are with these press events? It, it depends on the event. Mm -hmm. um, they they kind of run the gamut from, from one end to the other. If it's a big, you know, if what they're promoting is something big, mm -hmm. uh, then it tends to be, hey, yeah, we'll fly you out. We'll put you up. We'll, we'll show you everything. We'll make sure that you see whatever it is you need to see. Um, so like, I didn't go, I didn't go to the event, but like, uh, I had to send somebody else, but when, uh, Cosmic Rewind opened, right. like, you know, did that one or land Disney world did a big thing and they covered all the costs to send somebody out and check out the ride, ride it 15 times. And <laughs> so they would hear all the songs and, and do all that stuff. Um, when it's a, when it's a smaller event. Um, then it's usually just a, Hey, we're having an event. You are welcome to come and we'll let you in the door. Uh, <laughs> um, and you know, and so, and you know, I'm close enough to Disneyland that I've done some of those, uh, cause it's an easy flight down when I, when I want to do them. Um, but then it, it's, so it means it means I'm not, means I'm not at my desk writing. So I have to talk to my bosses into letting me do it. Right. Um, now, so. Uh, so the common, the, the popular wisdom, I'll say, uh, of the internet is that if you are on the the guest list, if you're on the press list for these things, you don't dare write anything even slightly negative about it or else they'll take you off the guest list and then you won't be able to to go to future events. There, there are numerous 
vloggers out there and bloggers out there who are convinced that the only reason that they're no longer on the guest list is because, you know, they deign to say something slightly uh, bad about them. I could make the argument, the reverse of that is that they were just being patently unfair about some of these things. And of course, if you're just going to go out and mix shit up, you're, you're going right. to kind of get kicked off the list. But do you worry about that? Do you like if, if, I, if, if Cosmic Rewind made you nauseous, would you feel hesitant to write about that in your article? Like, is that in the back of your mind is like, well, if I say that this is just a vomit comment, is that, you know, going to, uh, it's, it's really not. I have, I've never seen, I've never seen any evidence of, of that in my entire time writing about any of this stuff. I mean, I have, you know, I have gone to, you know, I've done press junkets for movies mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then said not very nice things about the movie because I didn't like it. Thor 11 um, Thunder, the worst movie ever made, that one. Um, you know, and and so, I mean, I will say, I mean, generally speaking, at Cinema Blend, specifically on movies, uh, are, you know, we, we try to have the person who went on the junket not be the person who write, wrote the review ah, to, okay. to pretend to, to specifically prevent any sort of bias. It doesn't always work out due to, like, embargo yeah. you know times and whatnot but that we do you try to do that but you know i've never um i mean give you an example so far um like i did i i, I went down to disneyland beginning of this month on the first day of halloween mm-hmm. to do all their halloween stuff and i wrote a piece that uh i mean i don't think it, i don't think it was super negative but my sort of the gist of my article was if you have been to Disneyland for Halloween in the recent past, you've seen everything there is to see. Yeah, this is like they, they didn't yeah. they didn't do anything particularly new this year. Right. Um, the stuff they did is cool. I like it. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. But if you've seen it, there's nothing there's nothing new. Right. Um, you know, and, and and you know, I could tell Disneyland wasn't super happy with that. Um, <laughs> but they have, but they're not ignoring me. I'm still right. getting I'm still getting press releases. I'm still getting emails. They're still talking to me. They, you know, they they may not be thrilled that I wrote something that was not glowing. I'm sure to some extent they're not, but there's no evidence that they are, you know, ready to kick me off the list because I said some things that were not super nice. Yeah, I feel like this this kind of borders on that whole, you know, impartiality judge kind of a thing, right? It's like there's there's a difference between being impartial and, you know, being negative about something, right? It's like if you can be impartially negative about something without resorting to, uh, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a stupid example just because it was something that stuck out to me is there were several YouTubers that were saying, you know, after a three year delay for, uh, for, for D 23, we finally have, you know, this, and they're not giving us very much information. I was like, well, wait a second. D 23 was a biannual event. And so at best you could say it was delayed a year because, and there was, and there was a reason. Yeah. Right. It exactly. had nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> exactly. But I'm just like, just to, that to me is, is a very biased. You're coming at it from a very biased that you're, you're taking the worst possible light that you could do on this. Even like basically stretching the truth by saying there was a three year delay. It's like, no, it, if, if you had, if passed this prologue, it would have been in 2021 and it wasn't, it's in 2022. So it was a year delayed. You could, you can maybe get away with that. But, uh, you know, that's, I guess the difference between, well, I mean, I I think it goes back to what you were asking me about earlier, just about, you know, negative stories 
yeah. causing more engagement. Yeah. That is absolutely true. And so I think what happens is there is, you know, there, <laughs> there, there can be interest from a site to write a story that is negative from one of these events because they know, you know, or not, you know, not even necessarily write a story that's negative, but to focus on the elements of something that they experienced that was negative because they know that will get more engagement. Yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah. And I think that's, that's the issue is there are going to be positive and there are going to be negative events. Uh, and that's fine. But as, as long, long as you're as, honest, yeah. as long as you're honest about it, then I don't think you're really going to upset anybody. It's when, it's when you're focusing on the negative only because right. you know that that's going to get you the clicks that you, and I get it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the negative stuff does do better. I understand that as somebody who writes this stuff and looks at these numbers every single day. And when I write a story that nobody reads, I want to go crawl in a hole. Yeah. Um, you know, cause the, cause the number isn't where I'm looking at the number and it's like, I'm like, no, I like, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and that that's frustrating as a writer, you know, cause that is part of how I'm judged by my employers is writing stuff that gets the clicks. Like that's, yeah, and, that's how we pay the bills, including my own salary. Right. It, it, these are important things and I'm not going to pretend like they're not important things, but at the same time, and this is one thing that, that I generally like about cinema blend, like there's no, but yeah, we, we know what we have to do and why we have to do it, but we're going to be on, we're going to be real. We're going to write new stories and write them in a way that provides new to the people that, you know, that are reading them. And that is the most important thing before, you know, the next important thing are, are, is everything else that, that makes the, makes the numbers go up. Right. But the, the focus is always on the content. And so I feel something. like, oh. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've been dominating. I was going to ask you if you had any things and then I just cut you off. So go ahead. Zach. No, I mean, that's, that's a really refreshing viewpoint to hear because it does seem that so many outlets related to theme parks do just focus on the negative, even if they have a good experience, because they know that's what causes engagement and because that's all that they're after. And it's like, that's one of the reasons, you know, if I see an article of yours come across my Twitter feed, I'll go and read it because I know from past experience with your articles specifically you know, even when you're negative, you're not, you don't go down to the, the, the dregs of the bottom of the barrel trying to find the absolute most positive spin to put on something. Negative. So, yeah, and, and no, I, just... I, I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I mean, cause I, I, you know, I, I try to be, you know, as honest as I can be. And if I'm negative about something, I, I will, I will say so if I, you know, but I also, you know, I, I wait to pass judgment you know, until, until I have, you know, enough evidence to do so, you know, I never, you know, I didn't write about this as a, as a story, but like, you know, I, I never made sort of a, my own personal view on like the enchantment or uh, harmonious item spectaculars. I, I did not publicly post any, any personal opinion on whether they were good or bad shows until I saw them in person. And it took me quite some time to get to get down there and do that, you know. And but, but once now I, what, you realize that Harmonious is the greatest show ever made. In it, it it's so it, Harmonious is Harmonious is awesome. I think Harmonious is great. Enchantment not so much, um, though I haven't seen the new version. Um, but like you know, and I thought you know, like Enchantment's fine. It's fine. It's 
I like fireworks, yeah. and so it's good. Um, Harmonious, I think it was. A, I think it was a much better show. I really enjoyed that one, um, and I can say that now because I have seen them in person, and I would never say that you know it's like even even watching like a live stream i would not mm-hmm. I, I would not Disney I, I, I would not pass judgment on that stuff based on that on that information i would have let to do it first. let me just take a moment here to say the disney live streams are the <laughs> absolute worst most frustrating uh they just randomly change camera angles with apparently no thought as to where the fireworks are going to be happening because uh you know, I was, we, we, oh, we'll watch the July 4th fireworks right here. It's live streaming from Disney. We'll just watch it right here in our, in our living room. And it's like, they're zooming in on the castle when there's big fireworks and the, you know, Tinkerbell flies and they're over to the side or they're back at the contemporary, or it's just like, who, you know, roughly what's going to happen in this show. Right. Why did you not uh, plan ahead or just give us a, a fixed angle from the end right. from the train station at, at, you know, Magic Kingdom or something that would be better than this jumping around, uh, you know, zooming in on things that aren't there. Anyway, not important. What is important uh, before we run out of time here is I'm I'm noticing a trend lately where uh, and, and this is nothing new, by the way, uh, Apple versus Microsoft, you know, iPhone versus Android. Uh, you know, we we as a society love to get ourselves into these, you know, two camp kind of, you know, head to head kind of a battle things. But what I'm seeing lately is this this epic universe is going to, you know, decimate Disney. Uh, Disney is sleeping. They're not, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They they have no idea what they're doing. They should be scared and they're not. And this D23 proves it. And, you know, gosh, I can't wait to see Epic Universe wipe the floor with Disney uh, when it happens. And I, I understand fandoms and I understand, you know, you wanting your team to, to be the number one over the other team. But I, I just don't get the I don't get what they're trying to say here because historically, every time a theme park has opened in the central Florida area, all of the theme parks, uh, annual visitor rates have gone up, right? We're, we're not at the, we're not at peak theme park yet. Right. This is not Sirius and XM where you had two satellite radios with a dwindling market and something had to happen. There was going to be a winner and a loser, right? I feel like there's a lot more room for there to be visitors at theme parks. And the numbers seem to bear that out. Every single, when Harry Potter opened, uh, you know, yes, Universal got a lot more people that next year. They got about 2.1 million more visitors the following year after Harry Potter opened, but so did Disney. So it's like, right. you know, it's, it's a rising tide lifts all boats kind of a thing. And I'm just curious, have have you entertained writing about some of these uh, these things? Like, what is your, what is your take on Epic Universe uh, what, what do you think is going to happen here with Epic Universe? Well, I mean, I, I, I think I think it's going to be in another case of just like you were describing. I mean, I, I, I think Epic Universe will open and it's going to be, you know, a boon for Universal. But I don't think it's really going to hurt Disney all that much. No, um, I don't think know, it's going to hurt them at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, mind. I mean, that's you mind. know, unless unless adding, you know, where are we? The seventh theme park. You know, seventh big theme. Unless that reaches peak theme park, yeah. and I don't really think it will. But I mean, I suppose technically, if that's if that's the limit, mm-hmm. then we might see slight changes. But I just, but I don't see. You know, yeah, I, it's Disney World is still Disney World. It still, is, and, and it's it, a and that's not going to yeah. change. And even if you are, I mean, if you're if you're 
a vacationer from outside the area who is, okay, great, there's a brand new theme park at Universal, and we're definitely going to go make a trip and check that out. And you're not going to go to Disney World at all? Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 like <laughs> how, like, why? No, of course you are. It's yeah. Disney World. Of course yeah. you're going to also, like, you know, like, honestly, I think people, you know, I would, I would, I would think that, that, I mean, I don't think this is really going to happen, but I, it's like, you know, I could see attendance at the other two Universal parks, you know, remaining more stagnant. Yeah. Than, oh, absolutely. Than, than Disney. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, especially, I mean, if you've, if you're somebody who's going to Florida at, when Epic Universe opens, never been there at all, mm-hmm. then you're going to do all of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it blows me away actually when I see, uh, you know, social media stuff blow up from people and it's like, oh, or, or just other fans, like we're going to Florida for two weeks. Right. Like, you know, like that's a, that, that's a massive vacation. It is. And like, if you're like, like, oh, you're going to go to Disney world for two weeks. Yeah. Like that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of money and I don't have that much money to spend. I can't afford yeah. a trip that long, but people do that. Yeah. And so it's like, if you're, if you're going to go to Florida for a week, then you're just going to take, you know, maybe one of those days, like you're going to go to all, like you're going to go to all yeah, the parks. Exactly. You're going to go to all seven of them over seven days. And that's what you're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're going to go even longer, then like, okay, great. One of those days when you were going to go to Magic Kingdom for a second time, you're going to go to Epic Universe instead. Right. Um, and that's like, that's what's going to happen. I yeah. don't, I don't see it having. And I mean, because yeah, I mean, Disney World is still Disney World. And, and you doing gonna, that by redirecting a park day, a single park day to Epic Universe, isn't going to do anything to Disney's financials. Right. No. Yeah. They're yeah. still going to be making money hand over fist. And sure, you might see a bit of a dip when Epic Universe opens, but it's not going to be sustained. Yeah. But well, you also have longevity in the Disney brand, right? There are people that are going to go to Disney because it is Disney, even if it declines, even if it uh, isn't what it, you know, necessarily used to be in some people's minds. It is still a a brand that people are going, but it's, of course, it's Disney, right? It takes a long time for that luster to to leave the general you know, consensus. Look at how long we considered like IBM to be a blue chip stock. Long after IBM was, you know, even relevant in the tech sector, it's still, you know, oh, the blue chip stock like IBM. It's like, well, what has IBM done in the last like, you know, 20 years to warrant being a blue chip stock as opposed to, you know, Google or Facebook or something. So it's it's one of those branding things where it's like Disney is a name. Disney is a household name that uh, is going to be fine a new theme park next to it is a nothing new. There have been new theme parks coming in around it all the time, right? Islands of adventure famously came in, right? Uh, Universal Studios Florida came in, right? It's like, and in both of those instances, Disney did better. Uh, they ended up in increasing their, their thing. I'll get off my soapbox now, but uh, I will be looking at your articles to see if, uh, if you write any, uh, you know, Disney needs to be scared hard articles there. I'm going to, I'm going to come for you, dude. Hey, you know, if I, if I, if I, if I discover a reason that I think they should be, I'll, I will write it. I'll be happy to write about it. But I just, I mean, like I, Hey, I'm, I'm just happy Epic universe is happening. Like, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a piece during the pandemic that, you know, that, that I thought Epic universe was, was dead. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and by that, I don't necessarily mean that they were never going to build it, Mm -hmm. but you know, initially they gave they gave the impression that they were going to delay 
production yeah. so long that that my feeling was if and when we got a third Universal Park, it was going to end. It would be di completely different from what Epic Universal was planned to be. He just yeah. like, you know, because whatever IPs they were going to put in there were going to be different because something else was pop was popular now. Like, I I fully expected Epic Universe to, to you know, be something completely different if and when it ever existed. And I'm I I will admit that I was apparently totally wrong on that because they went ahead a lot faster than they were indicating. I think a lot of that has to do with Disney pausing because of both Disney and Universal when they build things don't actually build things, right? They contract out. So there are a lot of contractors in the Central Florida area, the big contracting companies that suddenly found themselves with a lot of bandwidth that could then turn around to Universal and go, hey, we'll, you know, we can't build over here because Disney is is suspending us, but that means we're open now to help you with this. And so I feel like that's probably why Universal ended up accelerating their, uh, you know, I have no proof of that other than my own, uh, you know, thoughts on that. So that's basically yeah, just, it, it certainly but make could sure be. to write, write an article about that. So you heard on the internet. Yes. That, uh, the rumor is. <laughs> All right. Zach, do you have anything that I feel like I really do feel like I've just dominated this whole, uh, conversation here. Is there anything you want to, uh, add or ask her? So in that same vein, you know, Disney not doing enough to compete with Universal. We're a couple weeks out from D23. Mm -hmm. Have your initial thoughts from after the event changed at all in the intervening couple of weeks on 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 anything? Like where where I know that a lot of us maybe immediately afterwards were feeling a little I don't know let down or disappointed or excited. Where are you at a couple of weeks out with with the future of what Disney has announced so far? Um, I, I'm I think I'm in more or less the same the same space, which is you know sort of general, non-specific optimism. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean I think I think there, I think I think too much is made of big announcements in these things. Like you know we're not always going to get huge earth-shattering blockbuster announcements of these things. Like, that's just not the way that theme parks work. Sometimes right. they plan something big and massive and amazing, and other times they plan a lot of small things that are, you know, incremental improvements. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of what you're going to... That's what that's what I expected we would mostly see, and that's mostly what we got with, you know, a couple of potentially bigger things. Um, so, I mean, generally, I'm I'm still sort of cautiously optimistic on it all. Um, I mean, I think my my main question is okay on even on the stuff that they announced as yes, we're doing this as opposed to stuff at the end that was like nebulous blue sky. Like you know, it's like okay, when are we like when is when are, when is this going to happen? Like over on my coast, I'm like okay, so we're gonna you know redesign the Pacific Wharf area into San Francisco, and we're building the Avengers e-ticket in Avengers Campus finally. Okay, great. When is that going to start? Like, right. like, let's let's go get it done. Let's move. <laughs> um, you know, like, because the longer we wait, the further out it is. Right. And like, and some of that stuff is not. I mean, like for something like San Francisco, I'm expecting that is going to be primarily cosmetic changes. I don't, I'm not really expecting a massive overhaul of the land, so I expect that will be a fairly fast turnaround. Um, and so sooner they get started, the sooner they'll be done. Um, and I'd like to see it. I think it, I think it sounds pretty cool. 
yeah, um, I, I, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's fine. Um, you know, well, yeah, I, I want to, I want to see them, you know, get, get to work on the stuff that they said that they're going to get to work on. Um, other than that, and you know, other than that, yeah, it's all fine. And, and fine. lest we forget, before you know, Epic Universe opens and overtakes Disney completely, there is another D twenty three. That's true. And at right. that point, unless knock on wood, we have another once in a century global pandemic capital investiture in the parks will have potentially increased much more and you know disney may be feel feeling more comfortable announcing very large possible future projects so i I think you're right i i don't think this was ever going to be a high stakes d23 because of the situation in which the world found itself for the past several years and the world does include disney so i think we got the best we could possibly get given everything yeah and- i mean i i i think i think specifically with with disney world i think part of the issue was you know yeah in a you know on a non-pandemic schedule then you know epcot would be done yes and tron would already be open and if those things had happened then we would be at a we would have been at a point this year to talk about the next big thing at magic king or right. wherever um but we're not like we're not done with that yet. Like so, yeah. they're, like they're not going to start talking about whatever the next huge thing at, at Disney World is going to be when they have a couple of significant projects that aren't even open. Um, so that's, I think that's part of why, you know, people were expecting the big announcements because on the old schedule we would have gotten them, but right. some shit happened, and, yeah. and that's like, why we are yeah. where we are. Why, why people are refusing to acknowledge that, okay, well, a thing happened, and so we had to adjust, and every company on the planet has had to adjust. That This is not unique to Disney World. I will, uh, I will say I was, a, I was a little bit surprised. I think the most surprising thing for me was, was the public acknowledgement that apparently Dino Land is still in the sky phase. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that was, that's the one part of Disney World where I think, you know, whatever your opinion on Dino Land is... <laughs> We're all, we were all ready. We're all expecting that's going to change at some point. We've known that for, we've known that for quite some time. That, that was probably due. I was a little bit surprised to learn that apparently it's not, I, I would have thought it would be for, had been further along. I know. feel, I feel like they're going <laughs> to, they're, they're going to punk us here. And what they're going to do is they're going to have a big asteroid hit it. And, uh, it'll, it'll just be a, you know, go to animal kingdom one day. It'll be a crater. And I'll just say, Oh yeah, that wiped out the dinosaurs, that big asteroid. So we wiped uh, out the dinosaurs and turned it into Epcot. I'll have to see what's coming after. All right, let's, uh, let's put a bow on this uh, particular episode by hitting our heroes and villains of the week. So, uh, the way this works, Dirk is, uh, we like to say something, uh, good that happened during the, 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 the last couple of weeks since the last podcast and something not so good that happened uh, during the last, obviously related to theme parks, uh, in our case, Disney. So go ahead, Dirk. What is your, I forget, are we on an odd number or even, I don't know. We'll start with, with heroes. What's your hero? Who's your hero of the week? Um, I, I get, well, I guess my, my hero of the week, uh, is going to be, um, the, uh, and I'm now, of course, now I'm blanking on the name, uh, the documentary film that was recently announced, uh, that will dive into, uh, I believe the, the the language used was the thirty years of debauchery in in Disney World that led to uh, the 
the theft of or <laughs> the disappearance because technically we don't know that buzzy was stolen technically um the, the that that led to uh, a former cast member stealing a bunch of props from the park and selling them off and uh yeah, we'll and, uh, and all of the, that uh, stolen kingdom thank you documentary stolen kingdom um i think i'm very excited to see that when it eventually comes around i think it's i think it's sort of wild that that little thing that was like like because that was literally like you know on twitter or whatever amongst yeah. the theme park crowd that was huge news oh, yeah where, where's but nobody Buzzy else then? but nobody else cared yeah <laughs> um but now it's going to be a documentary film which i think is awesome i guess when is that, they, uh, when's that due to come out uh they have not given any any kind of date on it um but it's it's uh the the announcement that it that it uh is happening came because the uh the director of the most recent jackass movie is is producing it and that was the kind of the, the main the main highlight of the of the news that the film is is being put together um but i think it, it sounds like a very interesting film since it isn't specifically dealing with with all of that but Apparently dealing with a lot of other things that yeah, yeah. Span, uh, apparently led to that. Span 30 years exploring all the outrageous hijinks that have ensued at Walt Disney World Resort, including the theft of a very valuable audio animatronic from the once popular Cranium Command attraction, which is now defunct. The animatronic ended up for sale on the black market for close to $500,000. See, so, I don't see that part. I had not. Yeah, I didn't know like, either. Because initially, initially, like the I know Buzzy's clothes were sold. Right. We knew that much, but the exact fate—the exact fate of Buzzy—had been unclear, um, and it wasn't even a hundred percent certain that he, that the animatronic itself had been taken. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, it may have just been like misplaced or something. So, I mean, that's yeah, it's all very interesting stuff, uh, yeah. and I, I'm looking forward to that. That film cannot Sweet. come soon enough. All right, who's your uh, hero of the week, Zach? Um. The merchandise people at Disney, I mean, I know they always go all out for at least most anniversaries, and I'm glad that, you know, they're recognizing that Epcot hitting 40 is something to celebrate. There's there's more here, but it, it's in the villain section. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I guess my hero of the week is going to be... Uh, 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 gosh, what was his name? The cast member that we talked to in before Harmonious, William. William, the the cast member that we talked to before Harmonious, uh, who's uh, been an Epcot cast member for a decade now, and he filled us in on some of the uh, some of the things that are that are going on. I guess we have found out now. This is you know secondhand information, right? But it seems like a credible kind of a guy. It's like. Uh, turns out that I guess they are going to remove the barges for uh, for the new nighttime show. That is something that is supposedly happening, which surprised me. I thought that they would just build on to that platform like they do World of Color. But uh, anyway, but it, we had a great conversation with William for a while, and I feel like uh, he was he was a super nice cast member. And uh, did we ever send him a cast compliment? No, but I can do that. Okay, great. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, my hero of the week, villain, uh, villain, <laughs> William from from Epcot. Now let's move into our villain of the week. Who's your villain of the week, Dirk? Okay, uh, I'm at, I I I'm I'm gonna struggle on this one. I don't know. Let's see. Um, uh, I and I might I I, I might steal some of Zach's thunder. But I'm right. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say my villain of the week is all of the 
white Epcot merch <laughs> because it bothers me that so much Disney merch in general is white yeah. because you can't wear that. Like I I bought a 65th anniversary uh Disneyland hoodie just you know off of the website because they were closed at that point. Um just because I you know I wanted something from that that anniversary but I've literally worn it once because it's a yeah. pure white hoodie and I love my hoodies in the fall um but uh but I, I don't wear it because it's white and I'm like it's going to get dirty and it's going to get stained and then I'm not going to be able to wear it anymore. And like with Epcot, I kind of get it. Like a lot of Epcot is just sort of, you know, white. Uh, but but uh, I think they need to do yeah. more. Uh, I feel more I feel like when, when white shirts get wet from sweat and stuff, they suddenly become see through. So it's like, uh, too. yeah, that's it's more of a, you know, I don't, I don't know why I care, but just thought I'd throw that in. And I Zach. don't know about you, but but when I when I wear white because I'm so pale, I get really washed out. So. <laughs> I appreciate when when merchandise is darker. And and speaking of, I kind of like a few of the pieces of the Epcot 40th merchandise, but a lot of it is really boring. Like all the stuff with Figment on it that they've previewed is just gray and Figment's an outline. And, you know, we're going to celebrate 40 years of imagination with a whole lot of not like there's color, but it's not the color that I that I that I want. So my villain of the week are the same merchandise designers who let some of that stuff go forward thinking it was a good idea. It's like I I asked some folks, you know, if anybody's going to be in Epcot on the first, if there's some merchandise that I want, can you grab it for me? And then I looked at it and I'm like, ugh, actually, hold on. Maybe not. Yeah, I feel like uh, William told us that, you know, internally – they're not really doing a big Epcot 40th thing until after the 50th end. So he was basically saying, look, a heads up, expect there to be a much bigger hoopla about Epcot 40th after March, after the official 50th anniversary ends, because Epcot is included in that 50th anniversary. It's like, uh, so yeah, they are going to do day of kind of, you know, merchandise and in a remembrance of it. But I think later in the year, we're going to see some actual. And I, I feel like that, that maybe tracks with the planning that they have going because you can't really do a big Epcot 40th celebration when the middle of the park is still a giant construction zone. That's true. It's very difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my villain of the week uh, are the 126,000 uh, articles that I've read about how Tiana's Bayou Adventure does not live up to the promise that we were given through concept art. And I just, every time I read these, I just want to scream and go, it's concept art. It's not a promise. It's just a concept art. And uh, they're very upset that there's not a big tree on top of uh, Splash Mountain like there is in the concept art. Uh, you know, like, well, like, you know, I... I'm I'm a little bummed that the tree's not there too. Like, sure. Like, I thought that was a cool part of the concept art, and it's mm-hmm. apparently not going to be there. And sure, I'm kind of bummed about it, but I don't like. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not the ride. No, it's not. <laughs> like, also, like, like, yeah. like, well, you know, I that's that is such a small yeah. part of it. Also, uh, the people that make concept art are not in, you know, industrial engineers and like have an idea of like what has to, you know, to meet building codes, how you have this big fake tree on top of it. The other thing that really annoys me about it is if you look at the concept art, uh, Louie and Tiana are both sitting in a boat 
outside of Splash Mountain, which you would be able to see from Frontierland, right, from the, uh, you know, the like they would literally be right next to the walkway. Well, no one actually thought they were going to build that boat with Tiana and Louie in there. It's concept art. It's like, right. that's not, it's like uh, people just need to uh, quit. There's there's reading the tea leaves and then there's like, you know, pushing them around and trying to make them uh, form, you know, the letter A or something inside the bottom of the cup. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So that's there you go. That was our uh, heroes and villains of the week. Uh, Dirk, if somebody wants to follow you uh, on, on the Twitter machines or any of the socials, where would they find you? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at child Dirk, which is H-I-L-D underscore I-R-K. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's. Social media wise, that's the best place to find me. I think I have an Instagram that's the same username, but I always I forget to post. I'm not a picture. I'm not a picture guy, so I forget. I like unless I'm actually in the parks. Like that's when I post on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and uh, other than that, you can find my work at cinemablend.com. Cinemablend.com. Read uh, about it all over there. Check out for Dirk Libby, uh, and uh, you know, leave some comments on his on, on his articles. <laughs> You actually, like can't, you, you actually can't leave comments oh, on our articles. No, we, don't. we we disabled the comment section a couple of years ago, and, and there was much rejoicing. Oh. Um, <laughs> Never read the comments section. Well, now they don't have to because it's I would I, I, When we had it, I like I would occasionally, occasionally I would, and I'd be like, why am I doing this? Why yeah. am I doing this? Um, you use the word is in paragraph four when you clearly meant was uh, uh, oh, or something like I, that. I do occasionally get people on, you know, random people on Twitter, you know, finding typos and like, I just, you know, I thank them. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'll go fix that. Now, if you ever call it Cinderella's castle, I will call you out. If you ever uh, call it, <laughs> if you ever call Florida the happiest place on earth, I will call you out on that. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I do my best to, <laughs> to not make those mistakes. I, Dirk, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been Thanks a, a, a delight. Thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, great. Pleasure, yeah. Uh, you can always send us an email if you'd like to. It's don'tdodisney at gmail.com. You can also uh, find us on the socials. Our information is down below in the doobly-doo if you're watching us on YouTube. And uh, much like Dirk, we have an Instagram, and sometimes I post things there, but I'm really bad about remembering to do so. So right. Twitter is also probably the best place to find <laughs> us. That's right. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, just know that there is a video version available a video aversion. There's a video version available on our YouTube channel, WDW Aristocrats on YouTube. Check it out there. Hey, if you're listening to the video version or watching the video version and you'd like to listen to us in your car on an audio only version, check us out anywhere where good podcasts are served. If you're one Uh, of those people who can listen to podcasts while they drive because you still have to go into an office. Or shopping, or maybe you're driving to Disney. It could be anything, Uh, but you know what? Wait, who listens to podcasts when they're shopping? me uh anyway all that is left for us to say is to no not to say but to ask of you is to please 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 don't do disney without us and dirk (laughs) absolutely